the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, my beloved, the church reads for us a very familiar passage and the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and the beautiful thing in this passage, we'll find that the Lord is inviting His disciples into the solution of feeding the, uh, the people. Of course, the Lord of glory knows exactly what He's going to do. He knows the needs of the people and how much each person will eat and everything. And He knows what He's going to do. But He wants His disciples to participate in this work, so He invites them to come up with a solution. And this is like, um, although the Lord of glory knows everything, and His solution will be the best solution, but He wants them to come up with something and to uh, share what they have to say. Last week we began to speak about, um, or we spoke about what St. Paul said about putting away childish things. And we left off and said that there was one that I wanted to leave for another day, and this was stubbornness. The Lord Jesus, He didn't you know, say, okay, I have a way in which I'm going to feed the 5,000, and this is how it's going to be, and you guys need to just execute. He didn't do this. It wasn't my way or the highway. He's willing to hear from them their suggestions. And they suggested we have to go and buy food for all these people. But we don't have any money. All we have are like five loaves and two fish. So the Lord certainly um, displayed to them the spirit and the virtue of cooperation. And if you want to say there's something that works against the cooperation of the community or the, of a group, is stubbornness. Doing things, or only doing things the way I think they ought to be done, and being close to any other possible suggestion. And this is a childish behavior that is not only in children, but even to stays into adulthood as well, and some of us and most of us. And it's a common struggle. However, this struggle can be detrimental to our spiritual life. This idea of stubbornness can be detrimental to our spiritual life. Many people say that this is kind of something that's normal. It's normal for us to be stubborn about things. Right? If this is what I believe, then I'm going to hold on to what I believe. I'm not going to sway either to the left or to the right. However, the spiritual person is not stubborn. The spiritual person is not stubborn. If we look at St. Mary, for example, we'll find that she is like a pillar among all humanity for being faithful and strong and courageous and so on. But we see that she was never stubborn about anything. She had a goal that she wanted to be a consecrated uh, and, and serve in the temple. And then when the archangel came and told her, you know what, I want you to take Joseph as, uh, and be betrothed to him, and you'll have a child that will be from the Holy Spirit, and so on. All she said was, let it be to me according you know, to your will. All right? She just agreed to this. She didn't argue. She didn't say, but this is not what we agreed on. This is not what my plan was. She wasn't stubborn at all. <clears throat> Um, so we'll speak about a few points. Uh, the first being, how is stubbornness manifested? How is it that uh, uh, stubbornness? How does it look like? You'll find the person who's uh, stubborn uh, is someone who usually gets angry frequently. You know, there are some individuals that they get angry at anything and everything. Uh, it almost seems as if they want, always want to be angry. But if you think about it, a lot of times when we get angry about things, it's because things don't go the way that we want to. If everything in my life and those people around me did everything that I said, then we wouldn't be angry. 
But it's when people don't do what I want or what I say and don't accept my opinion, then I became angry and I scream and I yell. So find anger is frequently attributed to stubbornness and usually manifested in, uh, in anger. Also a person who is judgmental is also uh, a manifestation of stubbornness. This, uh, the stubborn person always thinks that he's right about things and because he thinks he's right, he judges people that don't think the same way that he does. So you find that he is also judgmental. You also find the uh, stubborn person uh, holds on to their opinion only and they become very argumentative. So if you find somebody who's very argumentative about anything, this person is likely a stubborn person or I'm a stubborn person. If everything that I am, you know, somebody says to me I'm arguing about, then maybe I'm stubborn. Uh, also, hardness of heart. And this is uh, the best example, I think, in Scripture is Pharaoh. Right? Pharaoh, if you want to say there was anybody in the Bible who was stubborn, it was Pharaoh. He saw all of the ten plagues and many miracles, but he insisted not to let the people go. He was stubborn. Right? So this hardness of heart, you know, is also a manifestation of being a stubborn person. Um, also, stubbornness can be manifested in my inability to submit to authority or having a problem with authority in general. I have a problem with my boss. I have a problem with my parents. I have a problem with the police. I have a problem with the priest. I have a problem with anybody in a position of authority. I have a problem with them, right? Um, and this is because yani, I have this stubbornness that I think I know best and the people around me, even those people in and authority positions, they don't know as much as I do. This is stubbornness. Also, stubbornness is also manifested in like attention-seeking behavior. Um, <clears throat> if we think about the humble person, the humble person usually flees from praise, right? If he does something, he wants to do, you know, whatever service that he's doing, and then he flees from any praise. But the stubborn person uh, is not that way. Um, the stubborn person is seeking this uh, attention from those around him and wants to be the center of attention and wants people to listen to him or to her. So what are some examples of stubbornness perhaps in my life? Uh, number one is the stubbornness with parents. <clears throat> All parents, myself included, being the first, we have our weaknesses. Um, but sometimes, you know, as uh, as children, we become very stubborn with our parents. Our parents tell us to do one thing, and we do the opposite thing. We want to do the opposite thing. They tell us to, you know, um, you this, these are your obligations, and we say, no, this is not my obligation. It's just this nagging with my parents. I don't think that there is a blessing for those children who are very stubborn, because the Bible teaches us to be honor our father and our mother, and the Lord and God created the system of the family so the children learn from their parents how to be mature and healthy adults in every aspect of their life. So if I'm stubborn with my parents, I think this would be extended actually to any authority in the world. I'll be stubborn against any authority if I can't be respectful and honor my own parents. This happened with Samson. If you remember the story of Samson, Samson, this was the beginning of his fall. Samson, of course, God gave him the the gift of strength. But he also had a lofty eye, right? And he became interested 
and a foreign woman. And his parents came and told him, and this is in Judges 14, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren, or among my people, all my people, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? So they warned him. They said, you know, you shouldn't go to get somebody who is of a different faith than you, because they will uh, make you fall. And he didn't listen to them, and he insisted, and we know the rest of the story. How she betrayed him uh, very clearly, and he was blinded because of this, or because of his uh, lust for her, uh, and he fell, and his uh, strength was taken from him. But his parents warmed him, but he was very stubborn, and he paid the price, uh, a heavy price afterwards. So sometimes we're stubborn with our parents. Sometimes, uh, for the rest, and the rest, and staying in the family, Annie, the women are stubborn with their husbands. Uh, especially nowadays in this culture, we have uh, a uh, feminist ideology where I want to make the woman as the man and better as the man. And the woman can do everything the man can do and better and everything, despite any physical differences or challenges or anything. But this, unfortunately, it robs uh, us and the people who believe this kind of idea of the godly virtue of submission. It robs us of this. This is a very uh, godly virtue. The Lord Christ himself submitted to his mother and his father, right? Uh, him being the creator of the universe. He still had this virtue of submission, and he did the will of the father. But some women consider it a good thing or something that's admirable or praiseworthy if I get what I want from my husband by nagging him, by arguing with him, by threatening him, or raising my voice. This is a sign, some people think this is a sign of, you know, uh, being courageous and being a strong person. Also, on the other hand as well, men can be very stubborn with their wives and their children. You can have a husband or a, a family who they're having a discussion about something, and the children and the wife, they have a very sensible uh, argument and a very sensible, you know, uh, idea. But because it wasn't my idea, I reject the whole thing. Right? He says, because I didn't come up with it, <laughs> or because I don't agree with it, this is nonsense, this is senseless. Although it's a very good, you know, uh, suggestion. So I think this idea of stubbornness is uh, working all over the families, um, and we have to be very cautious and keen about this. Also, there are some people who are against, uh, or are stubborn against organization in general. For example, you'll have, we have the ushers in the church here who help kind of direct us where to sit and things like that, especially on crowded occasions. So we have some people who come in and the usher will tell him, can you come and you can sit in this, uh, in this pew or wait your turn to take communion and so on. And they give them this look up and down as if like, who are you and why are you doing this? Although, if somebody did this at work and said, you know what, this is going to be your cubicle, this is where you're going to work, we don't argue about it. We just say, okay, right? Just when it comes to the <laughs> the house of God, it seems like, you know, we don't like any kind of organization or anything like this. Um, also, you find a stubbornness even with God. <clears throat> you might find that God is sending you a message, a clear message to reconcile with someone. And you say, no, this person, you know, hurt me and my pride, and I'm not going to reconcile with them. Even if an angel from heaven comes down, I'm not going to reconcile with them. We have this message, this stubbornness. Maybe God puts before you a charitable need. 
and you say, you know what, I'm saving up for so and so and so, I'm not going to give this person. Although the need is in front of you. I, I remain stubborn. Maybe um, God is telling you that keeping company with these people keep making you fall in the same sin over and over again. And you go to your father of confession and he says, you know, these, these people probably aren't a good influence on you and you shouldn't hang out with them. And what? We become stubborn and we still hang out with them and repeat the same thing over and over again. Uh, this is why in, uh, in the Bible, God tells us today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not, this means don't be stubborn. When you read the Bible, it doesn't speak much about stubbornness, but it speaks a lot about hardening of one's heart. So if we hear his voice, if we hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Stubbornness can be also in against oneself. You know, if, I, for example, I was diagnosed with a, a certain disease that requires me to be, have a strict diet, like diabetes. I can't have foods high in sugar and high in uh, carbohydrates and so on. And I say... I live one life, it's okay, I'll eat what I want to. And then I don't take care of my body, right? This is stubbornness against even my own health. Um, I even, in regards to what I listen to, the type of music, right, and the type of media I consume, you know, things that have sinful content in them, right? I come and I confess to Buna, I curse and I do this, this, and this. What are you what are you consuming? What are you putting in your body, in your mind? I put all of these things. We can't expect to put it in the garbage and the sin and then get saints out of this. It doesn't work, right? So I have to modify what I put in. So Abuna tells me this, and I say, you know what? Abuna can say what he wants, but I like my music, and I like my TikTok, and all the other garbage that's out there, and I'm going to continue watching it and consuming it. This is stubbornness. This is stubbornness. Also, we can be stubborn with the church itself. If the church says to fast this way, I say, why not that way? Well, the other churches fast this way, and this church is fast this way. Yes, but our church says this, right? But no, I want to be stubborn. It's just for the sake of argument. I don't like whatever's in the house that I'm in. The church tells us we ought to pray with the Egbeya, with the book of prayers. And I say, I want to say my own personal prayer. I want to say whatever I feel like saying. Again, this is an element of stubbornness. There's also just people who are stubborn against any order, against anything. A person says right, and they'll say left, even if they're not even convinced that left is what is right. They'll say, I want to just go left, just for the sake of arguing with the person in front of them. Things that are traditional. For example, traditionally men have short hair. I want to go and I want to have long hair. Traditionally, women have hair of a natural color. I want to dye my hair purple, pink, and green. Right? Just anything against what is traditional and what is normal. Again, this is you know kind of an element of stubbornness. Why is it that some are stubborn? <clears throat> I think the first and foremost is there's an element of pride. There's an element of pride. Any person who is a proud person is often very stubborn because they believe that I'm the best, and my ideas are superior, and everybody else is inferior, right? So this will lead to a sense of stubbornness. And this we see in the life of Saul, Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament. In the beginning of his life, he was very humble. He loved Samuel, and he obeyed him. 
But later on, when he was established and became king and he had power and so on, Samuel was like, uh, was nothing, you know, to him. And he over, you know, rode what he said and so on. So, um, pride can lead to, you know, a person being very stubborn. Also, um, some are stubborn because of low self-esteem. Having this low self-esteem, thinking less of oneself. A person who isn't confident sometimes overcompensates and tries to establish themselves by being stubborn. Maybe somebody is like, you know, I'm not sure of myself or um, I don't feel like I have a, a presence or an opinion among my peers. So then the way that I establish this is just to be stubborn. Just to come up with my idea and stick to it, even if it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to stick with it. Because then people think of me that I'm a strong person or a strong character if I do that. But at the end, it's rooted in a sense of low self-esteem. Also, some uh, um, uh, fall into stubbornness because of despair. Because of despair. Uh, sometimes when we lose all hope, we lose even hope in God's mercy and His love for me. Right? So I become stubborn even in God's mercy and His love. I say there's no way that God is going to love me. No way that God's going to forgive me for what I did. And the priest, you go to Abuna and Abuna tells you, you know, Habibi, don't worry, God forgave you. Let's move on from this. No, God can't forgive me. So the sense of despair, we can even have it and be stubborn in God's mercy and His love, you know, for us. Also, jealousy. <clears throat> When somebody is consumed with jealousy, he can also become very uh, stubborn. And if we look at uh, Cain and Abel, the story of Cain and Abel, we see this, right? Um, Cain refused to offer the same acceptable sacrifice as his brother. They saw God, He saw Abel's sacrifice was accepted, and he said, you know what? I want to offer the fruit that I have and not the sacrifice that was acceptable by God. And then even after he offered the fruit and it wasn't accepted, God told him, if you offer a sacrifice that is acceptable, I will accept it. Just go get the lamb from your brother and offer it for me. But no, I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. It's my way. I have to offer what I want. I, I hate my brother so much that I don't want to copy anything he does, even if it's something that's good or acceptable. The same thing happened with Joseph, right? Joseph and his brothers... His brothers were very jealous of him to the point where they threw him in a well, they took his cloak, you know, uh, put blood on it and sent it to their father and said that your son died. And all of them knew that this was a lie. And the worst thing is that they watched their father mourn for him as dead and not one of them had any compassion for their father. They didn't say one word. I can't imagine. Their father is weeping because they lost the child and they all know this isn't true, and not one of them said anything. It's jealousy, stubborn. Um, and lastly, sometimes there's a lack of love for others. Um, some people are stubborn because of a lack of love for others. There's a misconception here between stubbornness and strong personality. Some people confuse the two of these, that the, uh, the person who has a strong personality is usually a stubborn person. He doesn't accept any you know, input from anybody and they just do what's in their head. This is unfortunately a not a correct understanding. Having a strong personality doesn't mean that you have to be a stubborn person. 
Again, if you look at um, St. Mary, for example, we would say she has a very strong personality, right? But at the same time, she was extremely humble and she accepted anything that God put in her life. But she was a, such a strong person, right? To do what she did, to accept, you know, when the angel came and told her that you were going to bear a child by the Holy Spirit with a person that you are betrothed to. When the people find this out, this means to the people that she committed adultery with a person that's not her husband and or uh, and she would certainly be stoned to death. Or she could be stoned to death. But she accepted this. She said, okay, hadr. You know, let it be according to your will. And God arranged everything else. So she's a very strong person. But she wasn't a stubborn person. Usually the strong personalities, they have clear goals. Again, like St. Mary, she had a clear goal that she wanted to be a servant in the temple. And she did it. The strong personality usually are the people who have uh, their priorities arranged correctly. Or they have, you know, arrangement of their priorities and they're clear. Um, you know, number one is, you know, God. Number two is my family. Number three are my uh, friends and so on. And they don't confuse this. They don't sacrifice their time with God with friends, for example. No. But their, their character says, no, it's A, B, C. They have very clear priorities. Also, the strong personalities are mature in their thinking uh, and in their actions. St. John the Baptist, I think, was a really good example of this. St. John the Baptist, um, when the Lord came to be baptized by him, and remember, this is the one who, John the Baptist said, that he's the one that I'm not worthy to lose his sandals. Right? And then he comes, and the Lord asks him to baptize him in the water. And then St. John said, no, you should baptize me. And he says, no, let's fulfill all righteousness. If St. John was stubborn, he would insist and say, no, I'm not going to baptize you. You are God, and I'm a man. You baptize me. But he said, how did he said, okay. Although the Lord is, again, his creator. But he continued. Is John the Baptist, was he a weak personality? No, he's very strong. Herod was terrified of him, right? Terrified. The king was terrified about a man who dwells in the desert and well and wears like uh, like a, a skin, like sheepskin or camel skin, and eats locusts and wild honey. Herod the king was terrified of him. Also, the um, strong personality um, is built on discipleship. It's not about you know an individualism. The strong personality is a person who's been a disciple and has learned from someone before him. And he learns the good from everybody around him. This makes a strong person. A strong personality is somebody who leads but is also obedient. Somebody who leads but also is obedient to God and those who are in submission. If you look at somebody like Moses, a great leader in scripture and in history, but also when Jethro, his father-in-law, came and suggested to him how to manage the people and to have people underneath Moses to help him govern the people, he accepted this. He obeyed him. He said, you know, this is a good idea. I'll do just that. And he did it. He didn't say, you know what? Who are you? I'm a man of God. God speaks to me directly. If God wanted me to do this, he would tell me directly. I don't need your help. He didn't say this. He took the suggestion and said, you know, it's a good suggestion. Let's go ahead and implement it. And he did. Right? Strong leader, but obedient and submissive. So how do we resolve this stubbornness within us? Number one is the self-confidence. <clears throat> um, 
And I don't mean the arrogant kind of self-confidence, um, but when I'm confident that what I'm doing is good and is right, I can hold on to this. I can hold on to it. You know, if I, if for example, um, the people around me in my community or in my peer group, they're all saying curse words and saying foul language and t- telling dirty jokes, right? And I don't participate in any of that, right? This is a self-confident that what my choice not to say these things is the right choice. So I hold on to it, right? I have this self-confidence, you know what? What I'm doing is pleasing to God and this is what is right. So this is like, you know, we're, we're, we're confident that our actions are correct. Um, <clears throat> also, the confidence in God's love uh, for His guidance and His uh, love for you. I'm confident that God loves me and that He guides me, right? This will help me get rid of my stubbornness, right? It's not only about my way, but I trust God's way and His direction. If He allows the trouble in my life, I will accept it and I ask for his strength to endure it. If he asks that somebody else takes a leadership position over me, I accept this and I do my work wholeheartedly. Right? There's not this sense of stubbornness where it has to be my way. If somebody else has a suggestion, I don't insist again that it's my way or, or the highway. That's why the third one is to train yourself to submit. And how can we do this? It's to train ourselves to submit in a way, and to someone or to some, you know, that I don't particularly agree 100% with. Say my wife or my husband has, you know, a plan or something, and I don't think this is the best plan. Just practice and just submit to it and see how it goes. It will be painful because we want to maintain this sense of control, but just try it as an exercise. Right? You can try it with the simple things and then kind of move up to the more uh, critical things um, as you gain experience. But train yourself to submit even when you disagree. Number four is uh, um, the growing in our love for others. Growing in our love for others. Growing in love for others and learning to serve them. You know, in uh, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Love suffers long and is kind. This love for another person helps us to get rid of the stubbornness in my life because love involves giving and not taking, right? So how can I give of myself and sacrifice of myself to another? This will help me get out of my stubbornness if I feel like I'm stubborn. You'll find the stubborn individuals, they like to take. But when I learn to give and think of others first, then this helps me break the shell of stubbornness. Also, learning to apologize. Maybe this, any children do this far easier than adults do, but adults have maybe sometimes a hard time saying, I'm sorry, or forgive me, or I've done wrong. But practice this. Again, this will help me get out of this pride and stubbornness that I have, is to ask for forgiveness uh, and to apologize. Also, develop a good decorum. What do I mean by good decorum? Like, very tasteful, having good taste. For example, rather than commanding somebody to do something because I feel like they ought to listen to me, say it in the form of a suggestion, right? Rather than saying, go do this or go do that, say, can you do this or do you mind doing this, right? This is good decorum, being polite, right? It's not like I'm the king and I'm giving orders and everybody around me needs to listen and obey me. 
At sometimes, maybe with our children, this is necessary, and because there's an uh, you know there's an authority, there's a hierarchy, this needs to be done. But even in the hierarchy, it can still be done in a type of suggestion um, uh, rather than commands, and also ask rather than demand. Go do this. Go get me this. Go get me that. Can you get this for me? Can you do this for me? And lastly, be consistent in repentance and confession. If I want to resolve my stubbornness, it begins by revealing my stubbornness and acknowledging, you know what, I have a problem. I'm a very stubborn person, right? Uh, and tell your father the question, I'm a stubborn person. I need help with my stubbornness. And maybe we can work through some of these things that I mentioned here. Um, and by God's grace, we can improve on this stubbornness and when we have these moments where we fall and become stubborn, we can go back again and repent and begin anew. May God grant us to have uh, a life that's not stubborn, but one that is submitting and uh, faithful. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.